0: Welcome regulars, welcome guests. If you are a guest with us today, we welcome you. There is a small brown card in the back table. If you want to fill that out, we will give you a wonderful coffee mug filled with goodness. So that's our present to you. We like to get to know you, have you get to know us, that kind of thing. I'm Tim Butler. I'm one of the elders here. I've been given the opportunity to share in our series of our Fruits of the Spirit, and I was... Uh, Segwaying into that, I was talking to an Ohio State uh, Patrol officer this past week, because I chose to, not because his lights are on. <laughs> yeah, I know what you were thinking, that butler guy. No, I chose to talk to him. And he was talking about his passion for catching criminals that are drug-related criminals. You know, it's drug trafficking, drug users. And I thought, you know, you're in a car, they're in a car. How does that work out? Well, he said, there's things called criminal indicators, which I thought was fascinating. Criminal indicators are signs that this person is using drugs, is transporting drugs, is a lifestyle consistent with that. Now, it doesn't mean that every other car has never used drugs, never transported drugs, or the owners thereof, but it just means there's indicators that indicate there's a lifestyle consistent with that. And I thought of that word criminal indicators, and I was thinking of our series that we're going through, and, and yes, this is a series, and so If you haven't heard previous messages, you'll probably want to get online and check those out because they all kind of build together. But what we're really talking about is sort of spirit walk indicators, right? The indicators that on the outside, I'm showing things that are growing on the inside. My heart is manifesting things externally that's going on internally. So spirit walk internal, spirit walk uh, evidence that you're living the spirit filled life. There's the fruit from that. Now, depending on where you are with your journey with Christ, this all may seem a little fruity, I had to say that, but, but, you know, stay where you are, keep pursuing the truth, see what God's doing in your life, see what God's doing in the world around you, and God's truth may eventually penetrate you. But today I'm just going to share on one fruit, and that would be the fruit of kindness, And I'm going to take a micro look at that, but I thought it would also be helpful, sort of mid-series, to take a, a macro look at the whole picture, sort of spirit walk indicators and flesh walk indicators, right, kind of both of those together. So we're going to look at a text that we've looked at before, but I'm going to read it in a different translation, so it'll be a little, maybe a little fresher. And these lists of spirit walk indicators, fruits of the spirit, or flesh walk indicators, they're not conclusive, it's just sort of a general guide. So let's read the text together. I'll read it. You can just kind of follow along with your eyes. Galatians 5. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other, So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. It reminded me a little bit of the old Bob Dylan track from his Slow Train Coming album back in the 70s. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. So you're going down one of those two tracks. Reading on in verse 18, when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, The results are very clear, and these would be sort of flesh walk indicators, as I've said. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, which would be the opposite of kindness, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So again, not conclusive. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So Again, there's sort of that consistency of your life. Verse 22, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, spirit walk indicators, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against those things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So Christ took our sins, the power of sins in our life, on the cross. For those of us who believe that, and in the world of addiction rehab, which I work with often, we talk about the fact that God breaks the power of sin, we have to break the habit, we have to change a habit. So sin no longer has power over me, but I have to practice new habits. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for the clarity of your text and just for the power of the Spirit living within us. God, we acknowledge the fact that we struggle to live a life that would be consistent of a Spirit-filled life, and that we are prone to do things, God, that just, quite frankly, do not please you. So i got to open up our eyes today as we study the text and as we hear the words, God, allow us to see what it is that you have for us today. In Christ's name, amen. So have you ever heard of the expression, be fluent in kindness? Or more, more accurately, hashtag be fluent in kindness. I was using that in session this week. I talked to somebody who's in their 30s about hashtag something, and the wife said to the husband, that's the pound sign, honey. I thought, wow, they're in their 30s. I thought they might have known that. So maybe you just learned that too. So it's hashtag be fluent in kindness, and here's what the website says. In today's hustle and bustle, it's easy to move through the day disconnected from our capacity as humans to be kind and caring. Because life is just so busy, I just can't be kind and caring. So fluent in kindness is a campaign that encourages and reminds us to develop our ability for kindness. It's a campaign. Be kind to others. Yourself, the planet. Do a kindness right now. Turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, no, I'm just kidding. Do a kindness right now. Try again tomorrow. Adopt a pet. Trap a raccoon. That would be kind to my wife, but not to the raccoon. See, there's nothing wrong with those gestures. But a campaign is not... What the text is communicating here, it refers to the fruits of the Spirit. The reality is, the desires of the sinful nature or the deeds of the flesh that Paul talked about in our text that we just read is what the hashtag BeFluentInKindness campaign is trying to fight against. Things that we're prone to do before we start following Christ. See, part of Paul's list, and you read it, we read it together, of things we're tempted to do before we follow Christ include things like hostility quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, division, envy, things that affect our interactions with others, I read that and I say, ouch, because I'm a follower of Christ's teaching, but I represent some of those. And if we're honest, we all do. Which means at times I, we, do not follow Christ's teachings. But naturally, or in a life not devoted to following Christ, and not filled with the Spirit... Humankind is selfish and not kind. Some more than others. Some are naturally more cold-hearted than others, self-absorbed. Some are naturally more kind-hearted than others, naturally born that way. I don't think Jesus would have any problems with someone who is not following him being kind. But Jesus has significant issues with someone who is a follower of his not being kind. I'll say that again. I don't think Jesus cares, right? If you're not following him and you're kind, but Jesus does care if we're following him and we're not being kind. So there's sort of the challenge of the convicting side of it with me. See, Jesus would be on board with of kindness.org, which is another site that promotes that, or BuzzFeed lists about 101 ways you can be kind. That's all good stuff, but it's mechanical stuff. It's the stuff that Greg was talking about in week one, if you want to go back and listen to that. It's forcing your way into looking like you're filled with the Spirit and like the Spirit is working through you versus letting the power of God's Spirit and the evidence show. But Paul tells the church in Galatia that unless you're filled with the Spirit, you can't walk by the Spirit. Hence the Be Fluent in Kindness campaign. It's a mechanical method to be kind. It's not bad, it's not the fruit of the Spirit. But here's where, the, here's where the rub comes in, and here's where you've got to kind of figure this out for yourself, is there's an intentional piece of following Christ and his teaching and exhibiting kindness in the fruits of the Spirit. There's an intentional piece. So what's the difference between the mechanical side and the intentional side? And I would argue that possibly in a word, if I was to sum it up, it would be the heart. It would be the condition of the heart Whether or not it's mechanical or whether it's just intentional. And and let me help maybe expand that a little bit more. I'm I'm going to read another text to you, which will be similar to the text in Galatians. But this one's in Colossians, still authored by Paul. And it says some similar things, but there's some added verbs in there. There's some added verbiage in there that I want us to grab a hold of. Let's go to Colossians 3, verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. And that one passage, your life, your real life is hidden with Christ and God, kind of jumped out at me when I read that sort of interesting thought. Verse 5, so put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. I would also say a greedy person is not kind, because a greedy person is focused on himself. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of the world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. But verse 10, put on, put on your new nature. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Put it on and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves, right? That's putting on, clothing yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. That's difficult, isn't it? That's tough to be kind during those times. Forgive anyone who offends you. That word just keeps coming up week after week after week. The thought of forgiveness. I can't be kind to you. If I'm, I've got some issue with you, there's that force against each other. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That's definitely part of kindness. So there's that putting on the new nature, clothing yourself. There's that intentional peace of walking in the Spirit. And then verse 14, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. So we're told to put on, to clothe ourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentle, patience, love. There's an intentional side to patience, to kindness. Putting it on walk by the Spirit. But it needs to be an outflow of the heart, what's coming on the inside, going out, and not just a manipulative tool. So Paul is saying that if you're connected to the vine, if you accept the fact that you're a sinner, if you accept the fact that Your sins are paid for by Jesus on the cross and that you need to show that or give evidence of that. And one of those ways is through kindness. And the same kindness that God showed and the same kindness that essentially God was. In Psalm 26, the verse says this, Examine me, O Lord, and try me. Test my mind and my heart. Back to the heart issue again. For your loving kindness is before my eyes and I have walked in. And thy truth, Your loving kindness is before my eyes. That's the model I look at. That's the template that I'm trying to shoot for. So the word kindness from the, comes from the Greek word, which means to make oneself useful to another, which means making things easier or smoother for someone else. That's what kindness means. One of the commentaries I read uh, talked about that word in Galatians says, it's divine kindness out of which God acts towards humankind. It's what the Old Testament means when it declares that God is good. We're going to be talking about that in another week as well. Christians should show kindness by behaving toward others as God behaved toward them. Basically, it means doing thoughtful deeds to others. The spirit of care for others, a desire to make one's life easier, a carrying of burdens. We had a men's outing a couple weeks ago, and it kind of got a little wet, like it rained pretty hard. And Matt Paget and I had gone off to do the breakfast thing, and so we left a waterlogged tent behind. And Phil Schumacher, what a kind guy. He and a bunch of guys just folded up this tent, which is now four times heavier than it was before, and, you know, packed it up for us in the middle of the rain. It was just such a kind act. I'm, I'm not necessarily the kindest guy in the world, and so I always admire those who are kinder than me, because this is a challenge for me. It's not my greatest strength. And so I value those who do it. We just came off of a, a, a guy's uh, backpacking trip and there's been a guy coming for years and I've watched this guy grow in kindness. And this year he was like exuding all kinds of kindness. It was really impressive to watch. So it's it just considering others is more important than yourself. It's going the extra mile. I'm always impressed when someone holds a door for me. It's like, wow, that was really a kind gesture. So it isn't complicated. The reality is we know how to be kind. We know how to be kind. And I've got a PowerPoint slide that says that too. Even as little kids, right? When my little sweet granddaughter who can do no harm starts slapping me in the face and her mother says, honey, be nice, be kind. That's a nice thing to do. So we know how to be kind. Sometimes we see clearly when we should be kind. We just don't always want to be kind. I don't want to do it. I don't want to go the extra mile. For whatever reason, I'm tired, I'm hungry, or whatever. I don't want to do it. And that's why it's referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. It's the evidence that God's Spirit is living and working in me, even beyond my own desires. And that's what I saw in this individual that I was talking about, was watching God change his heart, and the kindness was coming out. Now we can see clearly in the activities of the flesh, which God calls sin, we know it's not a good idea to do a particular thing. We can see clearly where it will lead to, but we don't use our self-control. And we're going to talk about self-control as being a fruit of the Spirit in a couple weeks as, as well. We don't use our self-control, so that's where we end up going kind of back and forth as I was talking about. Because frankly, sin sometimes is good. And sometimes we don't see sin as God does. I wondered what it would be like if we saw sin as God does. If he saw the fact that I'm not exhibiting kindness right now, it's like, that, ah, no big deal. You know, it is a big deal. I don't know if this metaphor can work with you or not. I'll try. When I was a younger kid, a couple years ago, I used to walk on those cement headstones or even like a, like landscape timbers. I used to imagine, what if this was like 40 feet above ground? Like, no big deal, I can walk on this. But what if it really was 40 feet above ground? And I could see the potential of me falling. I could see the liability if I went off that little thin four-inch block that I'm walking on. I used to, maybe you've done this before. Hopefully somebody has, otherwise I'm really nuts. But I used to imagine that It's like I'm being up in the air, and it doesn't even bother me at all. But I guarantee you that if I was up in the air, 40 feet above the ground, doing this thing on the block, I would not be as comfortable because I would see the liability of me making a misstep. I would see the potential for death. What if I saw sin like God sees sin? It's only a little thing. It's not a big thing. But God says, you know, it's sin. I just don't like it. And so me being selfish is just like that. God is saying, Tim, that's sin. And Paul says, walk by the Spirit, put on the Spirit. You're going to produce the fruits of the Spirit. You're going to produce kindness. But there's this flesh-spirit tension or stress in our minds. And Paul said as much in his letter to the church in Rome. He said this in Romans 7. For what I am doing I do not understand. For I'm not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. You know what? I know what I should be doing, but I'm not doing it. Verse 18, I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for the willing is present, but the doing of the good or the, the kindness is not. And 24, Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from this body of his death? 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of God's gift, God's spirit living in me, I can be full of good fruit. I can show kindness. And that's the, that's the miracle. That's the reality of God living in me is that I can produce that fruit with the power of God. It's interesting to note that from a, from a psychological perspective, or even a physiological point of reference, practicing kindness actually reduces stress and it it does a bunch of other things. God God knew what he was up to when he told us to be kind. He knew it would would benefit us, it would benefit others. So I'm gonna give you six side effects of kindness. This is borderline on psychobabble. Work with me on this one, but this is true stuff. But you wouldn't expect anything different from me. This is a guy named David Hamilton. Here's the first thing. Kindness reduces stress. We just said that, right? The more we show kindness, the less negative or bitter... We become, hence, we don't carry stress around. I mean, it's hard to be bitter and kind at the same time. They don't work together, right? So if I'm more kind, stress, stress reduces. Kindness makes us happier. When we're kind, the brain produces this endogenous or natural, natural opioids, which in turn cause the levels of dopamine to go up. And we all know when dopamine's in the brain, I feel better. So kindness makes me happier. Kindness gives us healthier hearts. I checked it with, a, with somebody who knows this more than I did, just to make sure this was true. Acts of kindness are accompanied by emotional warmth. We talked about that, right? And this emotional warmth produces oxycontin. Oxytocin. I'm sorry. Oxycontin is at the pharmacy. Whoa, that was a mistake. Take that one off the record. I sold that last week. No, it produces oxytocin. That was a mistake. Now I've lost all credibility. No. And the oxytocin produces or releases a chemical told, called nitric oxide. oxide. I can't even say anymore. And that nitric oxide is what dilates or expand, expands the blood vessels. So it's actually called a cardioprotective hormone because it actually lowers pressure. So I'm going to back this whole train up. Kindness gives us healthier hearts, not because of the oxycodone. Because the oxytocin, which produces nitric oxide. Listen to the tape and you'll hear it better. And that makes my heart slow down. Blood pressure, slow down. Kindness also slows aging. We're all getting a little older. Aging on a biochemical level is a combination of many things. But two things that speed the process of aging are inflammation and what is known as free radicals, the oxytocin that I talked about, Reduces the level of free radicals and decreases inflammation in the cardiovascular system. This is all just sort of science. I'm not making this up. Kindness makes for better relationships. Fifth thing, reduces the emotional distance. We feel more bonded, which is interesting since God wired us for relationships. And the more we're kind, the more we are attracted towards that. And kindness is contagious. Acts of kindness inspire others to be kind, and studies show kindness creates a ripple effect that goes out from us. So, that's all the psychobabble I have for you. So, kindness is being obedient to God, kindness is giving evidence of a heart devoted to following Christ, and kindness is good for your health. So, what are the action steps? As my friend Kyle says, at the very least, stay in the spirit by feeding your spirit through reading and prayer on a daily basis. You cannot have yourself in the spirit when you're not feeding the spirit. You're just famished. You're not filled. The second thing is to take the words of Paul in Philippians 2 and make that part of your mindset. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others. More significant than yourselves. Let each of you look out, not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. I'll let that verse do its work in you. Let's stand together and then we'll pray together. And the worship band can come up here and we can continue worshiping through music. Father God, thank you so much for being kind with us. Thank you for showing us what kindness looks like. God, also thank you for being patient with us while we struggle with this intentional piece of putting on the Spirit and clothing ourselves with activities consistent with the Spirit walk in our life. God, we hunger to be more like you. We hunger to follow a life that would please you. God, we love you. In Christ's name, amen.